you know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 you didn't get what you wanted for christmas it's not too late get your friends and family copies of nba 2k24 through the link in our description and you can have a very happy holidays on nba 2k24 it's the season bj how was your christmas mo is amazing you know as you get older mo you're not there yet you start just looking around during the holidays and you just start looking and you start seeing things. So family was good. The kids were good. My parents were here. My wife's parents were here and uh, we had a great meal, food, family, friends. And uh, so all is good, boy. I got no complaints, no complaints whatsoever. It, it doesn't, it doesn't get much better. Food, family, friends, and the Lakers losing at home on Christmas Day. What more could we possibly ask to, for? Not just losing to your Celtics. <laughs> the all-time greatest franchise in the NBA. Um, it was a great Christmas Day of games. New York surprised us all. We all had Milwaukee down to win that. And New York had some of that home cooking, and they said, not today. And then we had um, a thrilling matchup between Denver and Golden State. How do you think Golden State are looking now? Because the narrative around them compared to a few weeks ago has shifted dramatically because they've been forced into playing some of their younger guys with the absence, especially of Draymond Green. And they're looking like um, like they got a little pep back in their step. How are you looking at the Warriors right now, B? Well, you know, it, it always takes a week or two once you make a significant change for the other teams to adjust defensively on how they're going to guard you. You know, everyone's going to play different. Everyone's going to have a new role, a new shift. So it kind of takes a little time before you before the defense catches up to the offense, um, you know, during this period of time. However, let's give Kaminga and those guys credit. Those young guys are playing, you know, Steve Kerr. the uh, the yeah. rookie coming in. Yes, the, those young guys are really doing a really nice job. And Jackson Davis and as well. They're playing meaningful basketball, and they've been competitive. I mean, they've won, what, what four out of the last five or something like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're really doing a nice job. And we'll see how sustainable it is um, as the teams get more familiar with their personnel and how they play and what they like to do. But – in the short term, it's been a good fit for them. You know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and these guys have adjusted. And they took Wiggins, put him on the bench, bringing him off. So they've found a nice little mixture in how they play. But again, you know, this is a league where talent always prevails. And we'll see, like I said, how it's going to look, you know, some time from now, a couple of weeks from now. But right now, I, I got to give them credit. I didn't even think they were able, they were going to be able to do this. But they did it, and that's a testament to their team and their commitment and what they're doing down there. They had a tough task going up against the reigning champion, Denver Nuggets. Um, Jokic had an uncharacteristic scoring performance, uh, but he made up for it from the free throw line. I think he got there about 18 times. Steve Kerr had a lot to say after the game about the amount of fouls that Jokic got. What's your take on what Steve Kerr was saying? He was complaining about the way the game is officiated. Well, you, you know, Steve Kerr is playing the long game. And, you know, Coach Kerr, you know, he's been around. He he He's seen it all. And, you know, he's played with the best players in the league as a former player, right? And I'm not saying that those best players shouldn't get those calls. However, let's say they get a favorable whistle. 
<laughs> okay. I'm, I mean, the Warriors have <laughs> been living off illegal screens for how many years with Steve Kerr? Hey, He's hey, never hey, complained hey, once. Hey, and he played with Tim Duncan. Let's say Tim Duncan and the Spurs got a favorable whistle. He's coached the Warriors. Somehow, Moe calls him illegal. If the ref doesn't call him, it's a good screen. It's a legal screen. <laughs> but but let's just say it was a favorable whistle. Yep. Now it's Jokic's turn to get a favorable whistle. And this is gamesmanship at its finest. So yeah. Steve knows, as you and I talked about last week, the most dominant player in any series is going to be Jokic, Giannis, mm-hmm. or MB. They're going to be whatever, if those guys are playing, You have to bring attention to stopping Jokic somehow. Because let me tell you something. I haven't seen anyone in uniform yet that can stop him. (laughs) Okay? Mm -hmm. In a basketball Mm -hmm. uniform. You're not going to stop him. He's going to beat you by rebounding. He's going to beat you by passing. And we all know he's unstoppable on the block, mid-range, three-point, whatever he wants to do. you got to figure out how to bring attention to him to not give him an advantage. Because, Mo. I mean, if he gets to the line 80 times and he does his normal thing, that's probably a 50, 60-point game. Yeah, I, I mean, the other thing is as well, he gets a lot of fouls away from the ball. And if you're a team who's in foul trouble a lot, like the Warriors, of course he's going to get those free throws. Yes. I mean, um, he's, of course, I mean like I said, I, I, I said, you hear me say this. I'll say this. I think you could call a foul for, on him all the time. Every him yeah, and, and he gets the worst whistle in the league. Yeah. Like Jokic and then your, guy, your favorite guy, Joel Embiid, you know, he he doesn't get. I I don't say he gets a favorable whistle, but he he certainly. He certainly what, what are you I don't watching? think he gets a favor. I don't think he gets a favorable. He gets the most favorable whistle out of any well, player I, in the entire NBA. I, the, the way he plays, he he certainly he certainly forces the referees to make a call. And then our guy, our guy Giannis. I mean, Giannis, Giannis gets to the line a lot too. Yep. He gets to the line. I mean, so that's just the way those guys play. So when you look at this, you better start preparing for it. And then I think, wait a minute, I think I know what Steve is doing. Coach Kerr is just setting up because he knows there's no one on their team, no one on their team that can guard him. Mm-hmm. Double teaming him doesn't bother him. It's actually probably he plays better when you double team him because he's so used to playing against two and three people. And he's big enough where he can see over the top of everybody or most people other than Wimbenyama, maybe Chet Holmgren and guys like that. He's just a problem, and and I get it. Like, hey, you got to figure out, Mo. There used to be gamesmanship used to be much more prevalent than it is today. Yeah. However, so Steve Kerr's doing this to lay the foundations if they were to meet in the playoffs or something abso- like that. Absolutely. He was the ref. Sort of but what absolutely. I do like, what I do like is you know now a lot of players have got podcasts and stuff. Bam had a bio on his podcast the other day said that Jokic is the hardest player to guard in the league. And he made a point of saying Jokic doesn't flop around trying to draw fouls. He's just trying to play. So I I think Steve Kerr, by making these comments about Jokic in particular, he's not the face of this issue. Embiid is the player that we need to be talking about with this, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, But I, I thought it was great for the Warriors, you know, to have such a close game and show people what they're capable of. And then when they bring Draymond Green back into the fold, I just hope that Steve Kerr continues to trust these young guys and doesn't go back to his old habits and old rotations. Um, but then we saw the game of the day, the Celtics and the Lakers. Celtics got off to a flying start. <laughs> what game was it? I, think I, I didn't see. 
What game was it? The, the, the Celtics and the Lakers. The, oh, the um, game of the day. Oh, the game of the day. I, I, yeah, the I game of the day. You... The game of the yes. day. Yes. That was yes. the headline that everyone was looking forward to, you know? Yes. Like LeBron, yes. Tatum, you know. Um, you know, the Celtics got off to a huge lead. And I even tweeted out when they were up by 20 in, in the first few minutes. I can't enjoy this because I know they're going to throw this lead away. And lo and behold, they threw the lead away. Luckily, they had enough in the tank to secure the win. Um, but after the game, LeBron James came out and said that the Lakers have had so many injuries, they haven't been able to find a rhythm. Do you agree okay. with that statement? Well, Mo, I mean, that's a that's, that's a fact. You can't argue if if you're not I, healthy. I would argue the facts. Yes, yeah. I'm would you like me to argue the facts? You are the best at arguing. You're the best at it. Okay, I'm not going to argue. Best ability, I'm, I'm gonna explain. The best ability is what? Is availability. So if, you're, if your players aren't available, and you don't have a full uh, roster, then okay, it's going okay. to be hard to but, catch a rhythm. And those this? guys have been in and out of the games. So, but I'll how about this? Ahead. Anthony Davis, guess how many games he's played so far this season? Okay, go ahead. I, I have no idea. Tell me. He, he, he's played 28 games. Okay. His matchup, Chris Satspaul-Zingis, has only played 20 games. LeBron James has played 27 games. The stars right. of the Celtics, Tatum and Brown, they've also played 27 games. Austin Reeves has played 30 games. Drew Holiday has played 26. D'Angelo Russell has played 29 games. Derek White has only played 25. So when we look at the key contributors from the Lakers, they've actually been in the lineup more than the key contributors for the Celtics. And then Laker fans were complaining about the rest of the roster, so I looked at that. Jackson Hayes has played 28 games. Cam Reddish has played 26 games. Torian Prince has played 29 games. Ruyachi has played 22 games. The only player that's missed significant time is obviously Gabe Vincent, but he was never really available what to about start the, kid, the season. Van Fleet. Anyway. What about the kid Van Fleet? What about the kid Van Fleet? Van, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. I'll get to yes, you in a second. Yeah, 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 Vanderbilt, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, Gabe Vincent is now out with surgery and he only played five games. So he's not really even included in the dynamic of that team because he's never available. And then Vanderbilt has played 10 games, which obviously he's a huge part of their team. He's maybe their best wing defender on the squad. Um, and he's an integral part. But... Using the excuse of injuries, it's only one guy that's missed significant time with injury. And if your championship run depends on Jared Vanderbilt, as great as he is on the defensive side of the basketball, an absolutely lockdown defender, on the other end of the floor, he offers you no offense. So if you're telling me that is the reason why you can't compete with the best teams in the league, I'm not really buying the excuse of we've had injuries because every team's had injuries. That's all. I just thought it was a lame. I, I I I I can't I can't argue I can't argue with that. Mo. that that's a good point, and I think that's to be well taken into account. However, what we know, every team probably could say the same thing. Exactly, every team could say every team could say that, and I think that was probably yeah. an obvious statement. I didn't really look into it. I'm not holding them against it. However, if you're going to play and, and be consistent, you have to you know, have consistency from the players and, and they have to be available. And every team, most teams can say that. So, you know, I'm ready to move on. And that's that's fine. That's fair. They won the in-season tournament. So clearly they're doing something right. However, mm-hmm. you know, as you play throughout an 82-game schedule, Mo, it probably will take its toll. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But I'm just saying and every team has to deal with injuries. So you can't yes. say the reason we can't compete with the best teams in the league is because of injuries, because every team has had to deal with them. And if you've constructed 
roster construction, your favorite word, if you've constructed a good squad, BJ, all off-season long, people were talking about the Lakers had the best off-season. Look at the depth the Lakers added. Look at, oh, they picked up Gabe Vince. They picked up uh, Jackson Hayes. They picked up, they've re-signed Rui Hachimura. They've got D'Angelo Russell back. Da, 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 da. They had the best off-season. They built a deep squad. Okay, cool. Um, well, the whole point of having a deep squad is if there are injuries, you can accommodate for them, like what the Celtics have been doing when their guys have missed times. Whereas there's other teams like Phoenix, where they're missing a play with injury, Bradley Beal. They've not constructed a good enough roster to the point where now they're below 500 uh, because... And they're, they're waiting for Bradley Beal to come back as if that's going to solve all of their problems. Um, before we move on, we'll talk about the Suns because they play the Mavericks on Christmas Day. But um, i got a question for you, BJ. Yes, sir. Derek White, is he an all-star caliber player? Because that's been the topic of discussion for the last few days amongst NBA fans and media. With the Celtics? Yes. He used to have hair, now he's bold. That Derek White. Well, I, I will say this about Derek White. You know, it's highly unlikely he will get voted in by the fans as an all-star. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that he will get voted in by the coaches? It's possible. I will say this about him. I think he's a star in his role. I think he's become a star role player now. That's who I think Derek White is. Now, whether or not he becomes an all-star you know, I, 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 you know, I don't have the the algorithms. I don't have the who's the most popular player. Well, do you Certainly. do you want to hear something crazy? Yes. Do you want to hear something? I read this: players in the first twenty six games of a season, any season ever in the NBA, in the three point era, players who have had over one hundred twenty five assists, over a hundred rebounds, over thirty blocks, over thirty steals, and shooting at forty seven point five percent. 40% from three and 80% from the free throw line. Only three players have ever done that. Derek White, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. Which is an unbelievable list to have Derek White's name on it. Very specific. But the point being is when you look at the Celtics and when they play, they are so much better when he's on the court. There's a lot of games where he's their best player or their second best player night in and night out. Uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He may be one of the best shot-blocking guards that we've seen in a very long time. And then when you look at the All-Star game, Draymond Green made the All-Star game a bunch of times, putting up 7.7 rebounds and 7 assists because of the intangibles that he was offering to Golden State. So I'm not not of the opinion that he will make it to the All-Star game. I agree with you. It will be unlikely that he'll be selected. But the way that some people have reacted to this as if it's an insane conversation to be having, I don't think is is valid. I think it's a conversation worth having because I think he's been playing fantastic basketball. I think he's been Boston's second best player all season long. And if they're the team with the best record in the NBA, usually at the All-Star break, the team with the best record has at least two All-Stars. And if he's their second best player, why should he not be in? Remember the year the Atlanta Hawks had four All-Stars. They had Jeff Teague in an all-star game. They had Carl Corver in an all-star game, Paul Millsap, and Al Horford. So I'm not saying he'll definitely be in because there's so many great guards in the Eastern Conference right now. You've got Brunson, you've got Maxi, you've got Halliburton, you've got Dame Lillard. You know, there's very good guards there. But I think he's worth having in those conversations. You see what I'm saying? Uh, yes. I, I mean, listen, you always want to give recognition to guys like that because – 
you know, there are star players and then there are star players who play their role, right? Who welcome their role. Well, he's certainly now, he is a star player in my mind. And I think probably throughout this league where most coaches would say, yeah, I would love to have a player like that <laughs> coming off my bench or a starter or what have you. He, he has really done a terrific job in what he has done since that trade from San Antonio. And he's kind of carved out his niche there. So whether or not he becomes an all-star, hey, that's that's to be determined. However, I think he's valued. I think he's appreciated uh, there in Boston. Certainly, offensively, we can talk about what he's done there. But I think defensively is probably where he's made the biggest impact. Yeah, defensively yep. is where he's made his biggest impact, right? He was an all-defensive player, if I remember correctly, just a year yep. ago. So you have him and Drew Holiday at the guards. That's That's a terrific backcourt on the defensive end. And I like what they're doing. I would give you a little pushback on saying who's the second best player. I still believe that's, J- that's Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is there are lots of games where he plays better than Jalen Brown is playing. You know, on nights where Jalen is struggling, he's the one who kind of picks up the slack. Yeah, J- Jalen Brown now, he he's playing impactful basketball. I, I, I've been watching. I watched him on that West Coast road trip. You know, he he guards on the other end. You know, he takes on matchups. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 plays winning basketball. When 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 Jason Tatum went out, I think it was against uh the clip not against the Clippers. Sacramento Kings. No, it was oh it was yeah, against yeah. The that Kings. whole game. He he missed the game against the Kings, yeah. And then he just steps up. Like he he's very aware of what he can do to contribute to the game. When he first came mm-hmm. into the league, he was more of a scorer and one-on-one guy. But I always knew that he could play defense. I, I've been watching this kid since he was in high school. And then I watched him in college. And so now what he's doing, he's contributing. We know he's an explosive scorer. He can score. I just think he is, you know, I, I think he probably, you know, most people probably in Boston would say he he does, he tries to do too much on the offensive end. But I would argue he probably can do more on the offensive end if he was the mm. featured guy i would argue he probably could do more now i don't know if that's good or bad but what i do know is that he's a he's an elite player i think he is an all-star for sure the guy who's the guy who's playing terrific when he is available is porzingis and i think that's because mm-hmm. because he's not the he's not the focal point of the defense like Mm-hmm. You, you got a double team Tatum, then Brown, then all of a sudden you're rotating to to you know Drew Holiday and these guys and Derek White, and all of a sudden Porzingis is the last guy, and he has really stepped up. So I think all of those players, if you are a good role player, the Celtics play a brand of basketball where you can really showcase yourself. That's one thing, mm-hmm. Brogdon. Derek White and now Porzingis. I don't think this is an accident. Now they play a brand of they play a nice brand of basketball where they their star players will pass the ball. Okay, Jason Tatum, I think he has really improved probably in his passing and his defense. Okay, since, and Jalen Brown recently as well, yeah. And Jalen Brown has done the same. So I think that's kind of in their culture, and you can see now, Mo, that Derek White did the same thing when he got there. Brockton did the same thing when he got there and now you're mm-hmm. seeing Porzingis. So now I'm starting to say, okay, 
passing, playing as a team, playing as a group, th- that's their that's their culture. And now it's not an accident. So I, I, I got to give those guys credit there. I have to give their front office credit. I have to give their coaches credit. But more importantly, the players for, for I mean, well, it's always great when you play team basketball. And uh, so yeah. give those guys a lot of the credit for, for how they implement guys when they come over from different teams. Yeah, and, and I think what I really like is seeing kind of the growth and leadership from Jason Tatum as well. He turned his ankle against the Golden State Warriors, came back out and played, and then he missed the game against Sacramento. And he could have rested against the Clippers to be fresh for Christmas Day, but he said, I can't miss two games in a row and let the fans down. So then he played uh, and he showed out. So it's like he's not making any excuses. But on the next matchup of the day, the Heat versus the Sixers, Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler both decided that all the hardworking people who paid a lot of money for Christmas Day tickets shouldn't be able to see them play as they both rested out of that game. Now, obviously, Embiid turned his ankle, I think, as well. Don't know how serious it is. Um, and then I'm not sure why Jimmy Butler didn't play. But it was a great chance for the Heat rookie, Hamy Hackes, to put on a... Right. Show-stopping performance. I think he put up 31 points, really announced himself to the world if people haven't been watching. BJ, I really like this kid's game. He balls out. Yeah. And there are some players I look at in the NBA, right? You know, because because when you look at Steph Curry and you look at LeBron and you look at Giannis, kids who are learning basketball, they can't play like him. They can't play like Steph. They can't play like LeBron. They can't play like Giannis. You're not seven foot. You don't have LeBron's athleticism. You're not gifted as a shooter like Steph Curry. But a player like Hackers for the Miami Heat, he plays a game. It's kind of like crafty in a way, with like lots of really good footwork, off ball cutting. Well, let's just be, get himself let's just be honest. Shots. You're, you're you're when you look at him, you go, "I can maybe do that." <laughs> That's no, 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 no. I, I look at him and I'm like, "That was me before I got super lazy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that reminds me of me at 16 making off ball cuts. Now, come on, man, I ain't doing that. Right, but right. um, but I really like the the kind of basketball he plays, but. What's your take on it? Because it's been a theme for Embiid now. I don't know whether it's a coincidence or whether there's anything more to it, but he somehow is always available when he's playing against your Pistons or the Wizards or the Hornets. But then when it's against teams that are at the higher end of the standings, he has to rest because of injuries that have cropped up. Is that a coincidence or are we seeing a stat padding um, case to try and win another you, you, MVP? You know, Mo, I, as you know, Mo, I, I, I stay on the court. I don't know. I'm talking about on the court, but I, he's not staying on the court. Yeah, I don't know. He, he he since he's entered into this league some years ago, he's missed an awful lot of games due to injuries. And if you know, if there's one thing I know about Jojo is you know, he came into this league with a significant injury. I think it was a foot injury, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And he's had some injuries. Now, are they untimely from a standpoint of what you're saying? Of yeah, we want to see him play. We want everyone to be healthy. However, you know, I just want to see him go out there and play. And when he is healthy, he's one of the best players in the league. And I'm just going to stick to that. I will say this. I don't think he's ducking anybody. However, <laughs> Mo, however, 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 based on the track record and and let the numbers say, you can make your you can make your conclusions. Well, the last the last time I checked it. the standings, the last time I checked the standings, the Sixers fourteen and one against teams below five hundred, but six and seven against teams who are above five hundred, and that's all I will say on that matter. 
Okay. And then the final game on Christmas Day, uh, the Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks. All right, what's going on with the do Suns? You, what's, what's do you ever on? think that Luka Doncic will never, ever give up on the fact that the Suns had the number one pick and didn't draft him? Because it seems like every time he plays them, he wants to ruin their franchise completely and utterly. He went in there, did what Luka Doncic does, and he was having a great time whilst doing it. The Suns... There's this whole narrative about KD being unhappy there. KD came out and said that that wasn't true. Um, but but when I look at the Phoenix Suns, it's like you had Booker and you had KD. You can build a pretty good team around them. You then go and add Bradley Beal. I get it. You've got a new owner. You want to get as much star power in as possible. But Bradley Beal has had a lot of injuries in recent years. Health was a big question mark when the trade happened. And then by acquiring Bradley Beal, you give up a lot of the salary that you could have used to fill out your bench and fill out your depth. And I'm of the opinion that if they hadn't traded for Bradley Beal, they would be in a much better position now than they currently are, given how the season's gone so far. I'm not saying that their ceiling would be higher, but at this current point where they're falling in the standings, if they had not traded for Bradley Beal and instead used that salary to fill out the depth around their roster, I think they'd be in a much better position. What do you think? Well, you know, Mo, when you when you make these trades, you know, you always have to think about what allows you to win in this league, right? And, you know, we or I like to use the term roster construction because it's like one of those things that, you know, we get wrapped up in names and big three and who's the best duo in the league. And, you know, you get wrapped up in all these things. However, you know, you forget about like how you win games, right? Someone's got to set a screen. Someone's got to dive and get that loose Mm -hmm. ball. Someone's got to actually box out and get the rebound. Someone actually has to pass the ball to these great players (laughs) in the position in the places that they like it. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. And I remember when I first came in this league and I I began to see this trend. When a new owner comes in, they always want to make this splash. It's kind of like, you know, they look for the star player and they look for the big name and the headline. And then I started to study you know, trades. I said, okay, who wins the trade, right? You can win the headlines. You can win in the locker room by getting a veteran who can give you some credibility in your locker room to experience. Like, you know, like, like you saw what the, you saw what Indiana did this year with Bruce Brown. That, that, Mm -hmm. that was a locker room trade. Okay. Yep. And same with Houston with Fred Van Fleet. And um, yes, those are, those are locker room trades, right? You can win with the headlines, Bradley Bill. Wow. Now they got a victory. You know what I mean? That, or you can win on the court. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know which one I want. Okay. Now, you know, we just talked about a guy, Derek White. That's a win. That happens. For, for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a couple picks. That is an that, that, unbelievable that trade. That's a, that's a big win. But you, So those are the three places I always look. So when I look at the trade, I always look, where's the win? Where's the win in this trade? So those are the three, you know, just to recap, you win in the locker room, you win the headlines, or you win on the court. And so far, it's only the headlines for for the Phoenix Suns. And now we live in an age now where the headlines is the trade. You know what I mean? Like the the headlines Mm -hmm. is more important than anything else, right? 
You will make basketball things that will work in the locker room. You'll find guys that you'll say, this works for us in our locker room and our, you know, you, you know, the, the, some, a lot of times it just doesn't work out. So you need to get the chemistry of your team together. You need to get some veteran voices or whatever you need to get going to come together as a group. You know, maybe you got too many young guys, you need to mix it up or vice versa. But the best trade is the ones that work when the guys are playing in between the lines. Mm -hmm. Very rarely now do we see those type of trades. Okay. Because everyone is always concerned about cap flexibility. Who's going to be in free agency? It's always in the future that we're always doing. Well, I'm going to trade this guy to clear up cap space. This guy got a future first round pick. In 2035, they, they'd be trading for, for kids that ain't even in high school yet, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, 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 I saw, so I saw a tweet. I saw, I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet. Actually, I think that you resonate with right now. There are a lot of teams in the NBA that love potential more than they love production. Well, it, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to criticize potential. It's hard to criticize it. Like we 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 all know the best players in the draft, more times than not, are going to come in in the lottery. So if you get a lottery protected pick or an unprotected pick, Mo, like, hey, how you going to criticize that? You can't. That's where Akeem Olajuwon is at. That's where Anthony Davis is at. That's where all of the great players are at, for the most part. Eighty five percent of them are there. So you can't criticize that because those are the numbers. However, Mo, however, you got to make the right pick. <laughs> yep. Okay, Mo. yep. Yep. Now, Mo, now that's an inexact science. What's the science on making sure? Well, for, for, for all of us, like I tell you this all the time, when you become a GMO, you haven't, you haven't been a GM. If you haven't been wrong, you're going to be wrong. Correct. You can't get that hundred percent. So you want to be right more times than not, but you're going to be wrong. That's just the way it is. Like, because yeah. you can't measure a man's heart and you can't measure in a man's mind. You can't measure that. Yeah. So, so just, Phoenix have got rid of their draft picks to get Bradley Bill. And, and now it's, he's got to get healthy and they've got to win because Katie's getting older and they could be well, left with, you know, Katie gets older. He's going to retire in how many you know, more years but when you're, play. When you're built, when you're building a team, you know, I love, I love it. I love it when the fans do this one. This is one of my favorite. I even actually, I follow this one. When the fans say, can this team from this era, what would they do from this team? Who's the greatest team of all time? Like, well, if the Golden State Warriors were playing in the 80s, for instance, that team wasn't built to play the brand of basketball and the rules that they were playing. However, those teams in the 80s weren't built to take advantage of the rules and where they mm -hmm. play today. Okay. So it goes both ways, but it's a fun game to play because everyone just wants to just talk about the game as if like the rules doesn't matter. The rules do matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the way the game is played in the coaching does matter. I want to end with this. Um, your Detroit Pistons. Oh, yeah, another no. loss. I thought we were going to get BJ, without BJ, but BJ, but BJ, BJ Thursday night. They play my Boston Celtics. And I believe the Detroit Pistons will end their losing streak against the Boston Celtics. I believe it is destined 
for the purposes of this podcast. That is what I believe. So we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to see what happens against Boston. I believe it's destiny that awaits you. And you're going to be calling me with a big smile on your face. Mo, I, I, I just want to I just want to call anybody. If you get a win, I'm called. <laughs> cool, if cool. We get a win, and get your Mo, five free wings you, for the Pistons. I, you can take a picture of me with a smile on my face. I just need a win right now. We need a win right now. Bro, we're going to have a serious conversation right about that next time. Yes, yeah. I, I, I thought I thought we were going to get through this whole, this entire podcast. No, I, I do want to say Cade played amazing in the game against Brooklyn. And for his performance alone, they deserve to win. But no, we're going to have a conversation. Monty Williams, you are under surveillance. Anyway, that's been another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Make sure you get your copy of NBA 2K24 through the link in our description. If you want to make some new friends and talk basketball, you can join our Discord server. Some great basketball conversations happen in there. Feel free to join. It's free. Just hit the link down there below and we'll see you in the next episode. Make sure you subscribe across YouTube, Spotify and Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. And most importantly, get buckets.